Coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu forced to fire his interior minister while protests fill the streets of Tel Aviv over his proposed judicial reforms and an analysis about those reforms to Israel's Supreme Court. Plus, weapons support for Ukraine from the U.S. and an interview with the former South African Supreme Court judge on the importance of standing with Israel. Plus, British Christians ask forgiveness for their country's role in a sad chapter in Israel's history. All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu fired a key minister in his cabinet after the Supreme Court ruled he was unfit to serve because of his criminal past. Netanyahu removed Arieh Derry from his post as Interior and Health Minister in a move that threatens to shake Israel's newly sworn-in government. The High Court ruled that Derry can't serve because he was convicted twice for financial crimes, which he served prison time for, and because Derry promised to quit his political life in a plea deal. The bombshell decision came down after more than 100,000 Israelis took to the streets to protest judicial reforms proposed by Netanyahu's government. The reforms would weaken the power of Israel's judicial system and give more control to politicians. Critics say the proposal will undermine the government's checks and balances, while Netanyahu and his allies argue reforms are necessary to restrain what they see as widespread judicial overreach. I spoke with attorney Jerome Marcus from the Kohelet Policy Forum in Jerusalem about Netanyahu's plans for judicial reform and why he believes they'll have a positive impact in Israel. Jerome Marcus, uh, thanks for joining us on CBN News. Uh, there's just a huge battle over the judicial reform right now here in Israel. Can you tell us what is this judicial reform and is it, as some say, the end of democracy? Well, I don't think it's the end of democracy. I think it's actually the reverse. Uh, what we're witnessing is an effort um, by the new government to roll back uh, some very aggressive steps taken by the Supreme Court uh, in the 1990s and early 2000s to assert the power to essentially overrule the legislature. And although in the United States we're accustomed to seeing that uh, a court can strike things as unconstitutional. Here we have a written constitution, and in Israel they don't. And so the standard that they're using to overturn statutes is just whether the judges think the statute is reasonable. Mm. Uh, and that is an extraordinary assertion of power, and it's the pushback on that that we're seeing today. How would you compare the Israeli Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court? It's not a good comparison for the simple reason that in the United States we have a written constitution. And so, although there have been times when the right or the left on the court has been aggressive in asserting uh, its own power vis-a-vis -vis the legislature or the political branches, the Supreme Court has always been constrained by the fact that it's construing a constitution, it's construing a written document. And there's only so far you can go uh, in pretending that a written document says something that it doesn't say. And so there are constraints in Israel because there is no written constitution, the Supreme Court has, in exercising the power of judicial review, it simply invoked its own judgment about what's a good idea. Uh, and I frankly can't think of anything less democratic than that. And the idea that this is being characterized as an attack on democracy is really completely perverse. One of the standards apparently the Israeli Supreme Court uses is what is reasonable. 
Is that uh, how many of these decisions are made? Yes, and in fact, the most most recent, uh, really, I think, it should be surprising, but it's not, uh, decision by the Supreme Court just, uh, I think it was month Friday of last week, uh, was to decide that an appointment of a cabinet minister by uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, could not take effect because it was unreasonable, because uh, in the eyes of the justices, uh, the man had a criminal background, which he does, uh, and therefore it was unreasonable to make him a cabinet minister. Well, that's a pretty surprising decision when 400,000 people voted for that political party, and it's a part of the coalition. Mm -hmm. So 11 justices just decided that the, the voters' decision didn't count. Yeah. How do you see this progressing? Right now, I understand the Knesset committees are uh, talking about this, debating this. How do you see this progressing? I, I, to be honest with you, I really don't know what's going to happen. I, I see that the Israeli papers are reporting that the president of the country, who is nominally the head of state, but really is it's a figurehead. It's like the queen in England. But he's trying very hard to work out some sort of a compromise. The opposition to this proposal has been absolutely bitter. And I think that's so because they recognize that uh, if this goes through the power that um, has been wielded by the Supreme Court and by the population that populates the Supreme Court is going to go away. And so the attacks on the proposal have been just astounding. I mean, the idea that this could be characterized as an attack on democracy is, uh, I think, it's Orwellian. But I think there are some steps towards a compromise, but there's a lot of ground to cover before uh, compromise could be reached. So I don't know. And the other wild card is if a, if a reform is enacted by the legislature, there's always the possibility that the Supreme Court could strike it down as unreasonable. And I don't know what in the world would happen then. And I don't think anybody else does either. So basically, in legal uh, terms here, we're, we're in uncharted waters as political uncharted waters as well. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Well, Jerome Marcus, thanks for your insight analysis and helping us understand uh, exactly what's happening here uh, in this judicial reform here in Israel. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. Coming up, as the war in Ukraine rages on, Russian landmines lurking beneath the snow and ice threaten civilian lives. Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. A historic bond between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Download the CBN News app, 24-7 News, from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. 
Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. Now is the time for Christians to oppose the anti-Israel boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement. In CBN's free guide, Stop the Boycott of Israel, you'll learn about this malicious economic warfare against the Jewish nation. And you'll find out how you can stand beside Israel, the birthplace of our Bible, faith, and Jewish Savior. Get your free copy today. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash bds. The Pentagon is quietly sending American weapons to Ukraine from a massive stockpile in Israel. That's according to a New York Times report detailing the shipment of thousands of American artillery shells to Ukraine. This hidden stockpile located in Israel is reserved for the U.S. To, for military co conflicts in the Middle East. Israel is also allowed to tap into the ammunition for emergencies. Israel has refused to supply Ukraine with its own weapons out of fear of retaliation from Russia. However, Jerusalem has provided the war-torn nation with huge amounts of humanitarian aid. Well, the conflict in Ukraine has become a bloody war of attrition. Today, Russian mines scatter abandoned Ukrainian farmlands, raising fears that they could explode even after the war is over. Thousands of villages across eastern Ukraine now look like this. Most residents have either fled or died in the fighting. Once areas are liberated from Russian occupation, people start to come back. The downside is what Russian military left behind. Landmines, booby traps, and IEDs litter the landscape, meaning no one is safe until every square foot of land has been cleared. Uh, it uh, can be village, can be field, can be uh, critical infrastructure, whatever. The most dangerous for now, it's uh, clusters. If you touch it, uh, you can make uh, blow up. The yards, roads, fields, everywhere. Hundreds, I think maybe thousands. But we have a choice. All of my guys need to be on the dangerous area. The challenge is that there's no battlefield that is exclusively soldiers forever. The U.S. has gone away from scatterable munitions, scatterable anti-personnel and anti-armor munitions that do not self-detonate over a period of time. And it can remain dangerous for decades. This is yet another kind of Russian terror that will have to be dealt with for years to come. It's even more cruel and meaner than firing a missile, because there is no anti-mine system that could destroy at least part of the threat as our air defense does. Many people know the joy of taking a walk in the woods. And here in Ukraine, that's a common pastime. But now with almost 2 million acres of land contaminated by landmines, it's going to be generations before people will be able to do that again. And that means that what was once an enjoyable pastime now could be a matter of life and death. Even when it's not in an active combat zone, the mines can be unstable and you don't know how long they've been there. By the time you get on top of that thing, you can do everything right and it can still detonate. But these are things that, you know, they'll, they'll kill children down the road. Some of these mines you're seeing in Ukraine will kill children that won't be found. Uh, they have for decades all around the world. Ryan Hendrickson is very familiar with landmines and IEDs from his career as a U.S. Green Beret. I stepped on a landmine in 2010, uh, nearly took my life. I did seven more trips back to Afghanistan as a Green Beret. Upon leaving the military, he wondered what God's plan was for his life going forward. 
Everybody, um, especially veterans, you battle with your purpose. What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? What mark am I going to leave um, when I'm gone? Will I be remembered? A lot of people ask that question. And um, I was searching for that purpose after Afghanistan closed the way it did. Um, and I found it, you know, in February uh, when, when Russia escalated uh, the war over here in Ukraine. Hendrickson then headed to Ukraine, not exactly sure what help he could offer. Americans, we, we don't have to live in fear of our next step, but a lot of the world does. And Ukraine is going, when this conflict is over, Ukraine is gonna end up being the most landmine country in the world. It's crazy the amount of civilian destruction here. It's just one of the places that we're looking into. Now, Ryan works on the front lines, taking on the dangerous work of disarming dozens, even hundreds of landmines in a day. I've been asked a few times about how I kind of track them down a little bit. So there was one, I already pulled that. And then you got two, three, and four. And then it starts going uphill. I feel, first of all, it's a respect of uh, guys like him. It's a very difficult job uh, going to another country in war. Uh, he can't be with his wife, with his family. It's very important and I appreciate it. For this old soldier, it's not about the praise. It's having the faith and hope that something positive can come out of his own tragedy. So because I believe that when I'm born, and when I die, that's out of my hands. So everything in the middle, life is extremely short, extremely short. So why not help people while you're here? In Southern Ukraine, I'm Chuck Holton for CBN News. Up next, we hear from a former high-ranking judge in South Africa who's paid a price for supporting Israel. Names from the Old Testament are being unearthed all over the city of Jerusalem. This was amazing. Come as close as you can get to personalities that are known from the Bible. Astonishing discoveries made today. A jaw-dropping moment of Bible archaeology. This is much more than a thrill. This is actual history that took place here on the site where we sit right now. Confirm the kings and prophets of the Bible left real evidence of their lives right time, the right place, with the right people. And one of the most significant finds in recent history. Exactly as the Bible tells us happened in the days of King Hezekiah. Written in stone, kings and prophets. We have the Bible and we have archaeologists. Telling our story, it's matching. The Old Testament is a reliable history book. Get your copy today for a gift of any dollar amount. Call now or go to cbn.com slash written in stone. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years and to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us regent. Experience God on a new level. Empowering the believer is what this podcast is really all about. Discover insights into scriptures. Be encouraged by inspired teaching. Everyone listening 
everyone. You can be a chosen vessel. The Lesson with Gordon and Ashley. What did Jesus get? Everything that the Father has. Yes. Learn more about what God has for you. The Lesson on cbnfamily.com and YouTube. South Africa's former Chief Justice Mukwang Mukwang took a lot of heat from pro-Israel comments he made in his country. Despite opposition, he stood firm. CBN News talked with him about why he feels it's important to stand with Israel and how he has spread the gospel in South Africa. Mr. Chief Justice, thanks for being here with us on CBN News. Tell us, your first time to Israel, what has it been like? It's been a revelation. I never knew that the Bible could come alive so, so strongly. Once uh, a person, you know, goes beyond just reading the Bible, but come into the Holy Land to experience what our spiritual forebears have, uh, have gone through, to walk where Jesus walked, to walk where Abraham and Isaac walked. It's really been um, a revelation. Yeah. It's been a blessing. What kind of relations would you like to see between South Africa and Israel? The kind of relationship that uh, God wants to see between uh, South Africa and Israel I would like to see Isaiah 19 come alive, you know, Isaiah 19 verses 19 to 25. I would like to see the highway built that connects uh, not just South Africa, but the whole of Africa to Israel and to Asia, so that the blessings that we are promised in verses 24 to 25 can come alive. The healing of our respective lands, the blessings, the return of the people to God, so that together, as those made in the image and likeness of God, can serve the Lord, can love each other. Remember, the one commandment that Jesus Christ left us with is to love him with our all, as the man of God was preaching right now, but to also love our neighbors just as we love ourselves. There shouldn't be much room for, for in fact, no room for hatred in our relationship. So I'm praying for healthy relations between my country and Israel and between my country and all other nations. You took a lot of criticism for your standing with Israel. Tell us about that and why was it so important to keep your stand? Well, I expressed love for Israel. I expressed love for Palestine. I expressed love for the Jews. I expressed love for the Palestinians. I said I loved everyone. But it looks like some people wanted me to say I hate Israel. I don't hate Israel. I don't hate the Jews. So I took flag for it. I understand people have got their different perspective. But my stand for Israel, my stand is based on the word of God. And unless I want to cease being a child of God, there is no way in which I can begin to hate anybody. Not Israel, not Palestine, nobody. I only hate the devil and his evil deeds. Amen. Is this an important time to be standing with the people of Israel? It is an important time to be grounded in the Word of God and proclaiming the Word of God as the Spirit of God reveals it to us. And that extends to what one has to say um, about Israel. That has to say with one stand with Israel, one stand with Palestine, or any other nation for that matter. Yeah. Anything else in your heart, Chief Justice? Well, I, I must say that uh, I'm blessed beyond measure by being in the Holy Land. I can't wait to visit again to entrench, to strengthen, 
you know, the deeper understanding of the Word of God and the responsibilities that rest on our shoulders as children of God, particularly at this end time when there is a strong Antichrist move around the nations of the earth. I understand also after COVID or during COVID, you were preaching throughout the country. What was your message? Well, the, my message that the Lord gave me was about hope. It was about healing. It was about love and also reminding the nation of the wonderful prophecies that the Lord has uh, given us regarding our future as a nation, as a continent, and also the need to re-look at our relationship with Israel. It's there in the prophetic words that the Lord has given us. Final question, uh, Chief Justice. You see these antichrist movements around the world. How as believers should we be acting and standing in these days? We should be praying for revival, and more than anything, we must be very careful not to be caught up by the move of hatred that goes this way or the other way. Our message is a message of love. We've got to love as Christ loved. Remember, we hated him when he loved him. We even killed him. So we should embrace the message of love and spread it. I saw in my country the lead, the founder of the church of Satan turning to Christ because a child of God showed him love and hugged him. That should be our message. Mr. Chief Justice, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Still ahead, coming to terms with a sad chapter from World War II when the British stopped Jewish refugees fleeing Nazi Germany from entering the Holy Land. Orphans Promises committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries around the world, and with your help, we can do even more. There's an old African proverb I love that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. At Orphan's Promise, we want to run far so we can touch the lives of as many orphaned and vulnerable children as possible. But we don't want to go alone. We're out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us? home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel, now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning. Get your daily quick start from CBN News. A quick read on the important news of the day delivered right to your inbox. Stay current on breaking news, politics, and entertainment. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Plus, get exclusive stories and daily scripture encouragement just for you. Stay informed. Go to quickstart.news and subscribe today. After the end of World War II, the British government prevented thousands of Jews from reaching their biblical homeland. Several years ago, we did a story about British Christians 
who came to Israel to apologize and make amends. In light of the upcoming Holocaust Remembrance Day, it's worth revisiting. CBN Middle East correspondent Julie Stahl has that story. You're late. I am trying to save a Jewish child. Lady, you're 10 years late. Almost 2 million Jewish children were butchered like animals because nobody wanted them. The renowned movie Exodus, starring Paul Newman as a Jew, depicts the events that happened around World War II. For 10 years, the British body overseeing Palestine turned away thousands of Jews escaping Europe. This Haifa port was known as the Dock of Tears. From 1938 to 1948, the British prevented more than 90 ships from docking here. They were carrying tens of thousands of Jews fleeing Europe, trying to return to their biblical homeland. I'm here to commemorate those Jews who suffered or died as a result of the shameful policies of the British government of the day. We turned them away and we put them in camps in Cyprus and in Mauritius and even some of them were returned to deportation camps in Germany and others who weren't turned away from their land were actually incarcerated here in this detention camp. The British basically locked up thousands of Jewish refugees here at Atlit detention camp. They sprayed the newcomers with pesticide, sent them to the showers, and separated the men from the women. It's part of history often lost between World War II and the founding of the Jewish state. But Rosie Ross and other British Christians didn't forget. This whole period of British history has been something that's been on my heart for a long time, and the need for people from Britain to really confess and repent for what Britain did at that time. Ross began the group repairing the breach and organized a day of repentance. Some 200 British Christians, as well as Jewish victims of that time, came together first in the Haifa port and then at the detention camp. As we have taken up confessions and prayers with deep sorrow for our nation's reneging on the Balfour Declaration and turning our back upon the Jewish people, we know that the past cannot be changed, but it can be redeemed. The Christians handed out Bibles to mark the incident when a British ship commander ordered the burning of all books in Hebrew and Yiddish, including Bibles. Survivors had mixed reactions to the Christian appeal. If I forgive them, will it raise the dead? There's no forgiveness, none. Nothing in the world can bring them back. I wanted to meet other British people to hear from them uh, what is their opinion about the events. And now I see that not only it is a meeting, but also to asking for, for forgiveness. It is very, very important. I am very glad to be in this event. Keynote speaker Lord Simon Isaacs Redding said the British quota on immigration breached their contract with the Jewish people. That contract was Balfour Declaration 1917, San Remo Treaty in 1920, and um, that was all ratified in the Treaty of Versailles in 23. It was the contract which um, has essentially the British government broke. He said there were two reasons. Appeasing the Arabs and a Labour government which was essentially anti-Jewish. Redding hopes the British government admits its mistake in breaking the Balfour Declaration and causing suffering and death to thousands of Jews. Colonel Richard Kemp, former commander of British forces in Afghanistan, says there's also a message for today. 
Well, not to condemn Israel when it shouldn't be condemned, but to stand up for Israel, to support Israel, as Israel so often supports us. Julie Stahl, CBN News, Haifa Port, and Athlete, Israel. Repairing the breach is playing another commemoration this May 2023. For more information on the upcoming event, go to lnf.org.uk slash rtb. Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can access CBN content through our CBN apps and email blasts. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.